1: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Network.
0: What if you could make fresh, delicious meals at home without the stress of planning, prepping, or cleaning up? Introducing Tavala. Tovala is a first-of-its-kind meal service that makes eating well effortless. By combining a countertop smart oven with delivered meals, just scan a QR code to cook dinner. First, choose from a variety of chef-crafted meals delivered weekly to your door. When you're ready to eat, just do one minute of easy prep. Next, scan your meal's QR code with the Tavala Smart Oven while the oven automatically switches between modes and temperatures for the perfect cook. Just sit back and relax. Your food's ready in 25 minutes or less. No shopping, no chopping, no cleanup. Simplify meal time today with Tavala. Go to tavala.com now to save $150 on a Tavala Smart Oven when you agree to order meals six times. That's T O V A.com. Promo applied automatically at checkout. Tavala. Eat well effortlessly. Tavala.com.
4: Welcome back to Celtic State of Mind I'm Paul John Dykes And this afternoon I'm joined by Lawrence Connolly and Kevin McCluskey To discuss Celtic 4 Ross County nil. Thank you everybody already For getting involved here in the chat I can see that you've uh, You've already started commenting On what was a very impressive performance And I think when you You get three or four goals uh, You just want more Kevin don't you You just want more in, in particular after the sending off you think to yourself, it could be anything today, but it was a very accomplished performance. There wasn't a bad performance on that pack um, for Celtic, was there?
3: No, there wasn't. It was very easy, very straightforward. You know, I think at the start of the game, or at the start of the day when we're doing the, the pre-match, we're thinking, you no, know, let's just hope it's not anything like the last couple of games against them that have been quite tough. Um, if, you'd, if you'd been given a 4 nothing at the start of the day, you'd have taken it kind of thing. And and now, given just how it's went, you're maybe a little bit disappointed it was only the four because we dominated that game from start to finish. The first half was, you know, vintage Celtic, really. Second half, took the foot off the pedal a little bit, but I think that's understandable with the lead that we had. We just controlled the game, managed the game and saw it out. And it was, you know, really just a a very, very good all-round performance.
4: I said at the beginning of the game, uh, Lawrence, before kicking off, that I did expect Ross County to cause us a few problems. I thought they'd maybe score a goal, maybe even two, Uh, but we'd win the the game by a couple of goals. Uh, We've gone out there and it was a completely different performance. I mean, that first half was was outstanding, one of the best halves that we've seen this season under Ange and we've watched like I was saying before we've watched every kick of the ball every nuance is discussed um, and disagreed with etc and debated but what we're now seeing is we're seeing Ange Postacoglu's team coming together and with the injuries the, the injury list getting shorter and shorter at just the right time Lawrence. I think we've seen that today
5: See so when you said every kick of the ball I thought you were going to say every kick of the Celtic players but uh, yeah, yeah there is I mean, that as well Ange is on record I said you know he builds his teams to be at their, at their best at the end of the season at the business end of the season and listen we had almost a week off uh, every week now we're going to have at least a week between games and I think it's going to benefit us as you touched on we've got players coming back uh, it's looking games you know two games before the split take care of those We put us in a, a really strong position wouldn't it it's it's just getting better week and week the team so Great performance from the first half. It t- tailed off a wee bit in the second half, but you know, it, it's all about three points. Four 0 certainly helps a goal difference again. Puts us even further ahead. But listen, the start of the show. I said it's all about three points. We've got the three. It's you know, what's that? Thirty one, thirty two domestic games undefeated. The team just keeps marching on
4: think that's 31 now and you know you hear the cliches getting rolled out time and time again Kevin it's all about the win as long as you get the win it's not the manner of the performance but I think last week and, and today we've actually got the performance I was impressed on Monday night I was impressed today so we're we're getting the best of both worlds here at the moment
3: yeah we are um I'm I'm one of those ones that's maybe not so much in the camp of it's it's all about the win of course it is you know it's all about getting the win and getting the three points but I think there's only so far you can take just getting wins. Um, you need to have kind of the dominating performances that we've got at the moment. We've been having, I think, because that's what builds the confidence. You know, you, you can be winning games, but just scraping by and confidence isn't overly high. The way we're playing just now, there's fluency in the performance, there's kind of consistency in team selection in the key areas of the park. And we're getting big performances from players when it matters. And like Lawrence has said, you know, uh, Angie's teams are built and designed to come together at the end of the season for the kind of the Australian Grand Final. Um, our Grand Final maybe is uh, is the Rangers game after the split. I mean, all going well, that could be the one that seals it. And he's he's building the team up at the moment to to peak just at that right moment.
4: Now, there's been a lot of talk. All season, Kevin, about Ange Postecoglou. you know, when he comes in, we've seen recent interviews with him where they've gone back to the moment he's named as a Celtic manager and you've got Alan Brazile, yeah. um, you know, out of order, it really was, it was really poor, poor form by Alan, Alan Brazil, but others as well. And there was a lot of discussion on a Celtic state of mind where, you know, fans weren't convinced. And then when we're winning three games out of six in the league and getting bounced out of the Champions League, there there was a bit of a concern. At what point do you think in in your season, Kevin, were you convinced that uh, Ange was the man?
3: Oh, that's a tough one because I've got a shocking memory for these things. <laughs> um, but I mean, you're right that when he came in, and you know, it's a difficult one for people to admit to but what we did was we were ignorant of Andropos de and we didn't know who he was and because we didn't know who he was we thought he wasn't the man and um, so I think there's a lot of people who do need to hold their hands up and say we were just ignorant of him of not knowing who he was I'm not sure when it was uh, what game it would have been that would have been the turning point or the point that you think actually we could do it this year because I think it's just been like a gradual progression throughout the year Uh, Throughout the season, he's um, he's come in, he's had his way wanting to play the game. He's never really once wavered from that. Um, So there's just these things that, you know, he's always believed in himself. And I think it's just been a natural coming together. You know, there's been such a big change and upheaval of the squad. Um, he's, He's managed that magnificently well. Um, but to actually put a date on it or a, a game, um, yeah, I'm going to struggle just now because my memory is shocking. But I'll, I'll probably pass that one to Lawrence and let him do it because he's uh, got uh, he's had a better memory in these things than me. <laughs> I, I think
5: myself and Kevin Gray were kind of trust the process, guys. But I was a bit lucky in getting to spend some time with Brian McLear chatting football just after Andrew was announced, and he was saying, "Look, you know, the guy's a proven winner. The City Group have identified him as a top manager." he's went to a city group club because he's the best manager in that, that area in the world. The guy's going to come in and do a, a cracking job for Celtic. So I think w- w- with Brian's wisdom, I, 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 I was a bit more reassured. But the, the game for me, he was probably... Betis away, I thought, you know, the, the, that away performance... Although we get beat, you could see there was a team there. You could see what he was trying to build. You, could, you knew that we were going to be able to Win games and win them, win them with style. Once, but because you know it was its full t- team. Not everyone was fit, but you thought, yeah, this style of football is going to work. We're going to be able to beat teams. it. if I suppose if we go back to the ninety eight team, if you remember that game against Liverpool, uh, you know I I, I think we, when you hear Tommy Boyd and Simon Donnelly talk about it, they were saying that was the moment it clicked for them as a team. They went, you know what, this is a decent Liverpool team. Look who they've got in it. Yeah. And we've really went toe to toe him. Mm. We were, so. I mean, that goal for to put us out, bloody hell. Why didn't we take him down the halfway line, man? You know, why didn't we take him down? <laughs> it was just, but and, and I, I thought that that Betis moment was, was very much like that. And I suppose the League Cup, you you, you know, that year it was over at the Poundland's we won it against United. Craig Butler gave me a lift home attacks a at the end of the night. Long story, but uh, I'll bore you as well. How many?
4: How many names
5: is he going to drop, Kevin? <laughs> uh, That's four. <laughs> but uh, you know, and then we got the League Cup with Ky- Kyogo Masterclass. You know, the first trophy in the in the cabinet. It's I suppose it's like you're saying, it's building and building. Yeah. Do you know?
4: What? I'm going.
3: to... I agree with I'm that. You know, I, I-, I can on that one and say that I, I was I was looking back in some of the games that are in the app just while Lawrence was talking. And, and probably Betis is the one. But the other one for me then that now stands out is actually the game over here against Ferencvaros because we put on a, a really good performance that night. They're a decent team off the park. 3-1 or for 3-2, but it should have been 3-1 if it wasn't for Nike Johnson's slip towards the end. And that was a game where we thought, or where I thought anyway, you know, we, we could do something. There is the makings of something here. And then, yeah, probably the other one is the cup final because it's a trophy it's the first one in the bag. And, you know, we, we probably didn't expect to be winning the first trophy, if we've been honest. And then it came along and you now start to think that the momentum's been built from then onwards.
4: No, you're right. <clears throat> and you were looking very dapper that night in your shamrock top, you if I remember <laughs> correctly, Kevin. Right. Um, I, I was looking at, you know, the turn of the year. It almost felt as though if we can just get to this transfer window. You know, because... I mentioned two games. One of the games was against St Mirren away and our two wingers were Owen Moffat and Mikey Johnson. And when you compare that, no disrespect to either of the two players, but when you compare that to your first choice, right and left-sided strikers in in Jota and Abada, who I reckon is the first choices, there's a massive drop. And uh, I think that Ange had been suffering from that kind of scenario all season, you know, being forced to play Dane Murray against and I've gone through this um, catalogue of dilemmas that he had, Haven't to he play Tony Ralston because he was the only right-back that we had. And it went on and on and on. Um, the injuries to key players, Kyogo, twice this season. Let's not forget, you know, walking about in a moon boot uh, because he got injured when he was playing for Japan. First time, right? He's had two bad injuries this season. And then it was, you know, the St Johnston game where we probably pull him back to... Early plays the game; he goes off injured. We've not seen him since, and we have to bring on Joey Dawson. And it was at that stage you're looking at the squad, thinking we're wafer thin, and it was just get over that point, get us to January, and then hopefully Ange can weave some kind of magic. But even at that point, there's no guarantee, is there? Because you've got to buy the right players, and they've got to. And we've heard this so many times this season; they've got to hit the ground running. So we bring in four. And they've got to be implemented immediately into this side, into this philosophy, into a style of play, and into a new country. And you think, well, Matt O'Reilly, he'll be able to adapt. Uh, That's fine. But he's stepping up quite a level you know, to to play for Celtic and in Europe and for a a title challenge. And we bring three other Japanese players in. Idiguchi, as I said at the beginning of the game, I'd like to have seen more of him today. But the other two guys have made a big impact. And you forget sometimes, right, When Hattati came in, Lawrence, we were all raving about him. He looked absolutely magical. Then he kind of dipped a wee bit. But I think, I I actually think, and I'll stand by I thought he was good in the first half against United, and I thought he was excellent again today. But the key thing for me was getting, just getting up to that point where we had the January break and the January transfer window, but getting the transfers right. And it looks to me as though we have got them right, and now the players are starting to come back from injury. So we've seen Chris Julien on the bench, Coming back from a long term injury. David Turnbull reintroduced today. Kyogo will come back at some point. Let's hope Tommy Rogic isn't um, a long term injury. But for me, Lawrence, it really was the firm. You know, when I started looking at it and thinking we really can do this, it was all a bit desperate up to January. But since January, I just think we've been playing with this fluidity that, that Kev talks about. The new guys have come in, they've, they've all made an impact bar at the Gucci, but that's down to injury. Um, and and that was at that point I became confident that Celtic might actually be in with a shout for the league this season.
5: I, I don't know if desperate's the right. word, I think maybe threadbare up until January. You know, you touched on it. We just didn't have the players, and compounded with injury. I think Andrew shared his frustrations at the clo- closing of the, the summer transfer window, saying like we need to get deals done quicker. And some of these players had obviously been identified, and in the summer transfer window, but didn't, didn't arrive until the January one. And, and, and at least this time, we spe- you know, we spent money and we got the do- deals done early. It wasn't, you know, waiting outside Celtic Park and transfer deadline day to see uh, what EPL loan player was coming in. So cracking window for us. But, you know, the beginning of the season, we'll talk about that, you know, what would be success this season? Maybe a cup and staying in touch until January and see what happens. And, you know, I think... The performances in Europe were better than we could have expected. For me, anyway, you know, we've got a trophy in the bag already, and you, you need to have his favourite for the for the other two. We've certainly got the luxury of you know one game a week rather than a crowded fixture list. Just now, we've got players back from injury, whether that's by design or just a wee bit of good fortune. That we're going to have a full squad to choose from, more or less, and it's it's all looking good. You know that there's nine games left in the season. Five wins, one, five ones, and one draw in the league would, would be enough and, and win the semi-final and the final. And there's a, there's a treble, back to
4: what we're used to doing, getting trebles. You know, well, that, that's the astonishing thing. Uh, I, I've said a couple of times in the last few weeks about a treble and, and trying to get back to the domestic dominance. It's astonishing to think that if you were to do that, and that would be the absolute dream scenario it would be five and six seasons, five trebles and six, which is just astonishing. I don't really want to think about that just yet. There's a long way to go. <laughs> um, but when, again, when you're looking at some of the things, some of the, the narrative throughout the season, Kevin, we were hearing that, you know, once Ange Postecoglou's team finally gets up to the tempo that he likes to play and they're able to do it, For more than 60 or 70 minutes Because that was a big criticism as well Wasn't it? That we ran out of legs And we looked leggy In the last 20, 30 minutes I don't think that that's the case now I think we're at that stage Where the players have Acclimatised even To to this intensity In the high tempo that Ange is playing And I think that's why Our form seems to be getting better and better As the season goes on
3: Yeah, and I think that goes back To the point that Lawrence had made as well About Ange just coaching his teams up To the, like the Australian Grand Final thing. The, it will take a while for new methods that, that he's implementing to work their way through on the, the training pitch. So I think you were always going to have this you kind know, of indifferent start to the season and how we were going to play and, and players' fitness levels not being at the level that he needed them to be for the, the style and the tempo. That was always going to improve as, as the season went on. And it looks like we now have hit that sweet spot. We were able to go out and play really high, intense football in the first forty-five minutes, with the intention of winning the game in the first half. And then, you know, if we don't fair enough, but we can, we've still got that now. We've got the energy within us to keep it going in the second half. And today we didn't have to. You know, we did win it in the first half, so we were able to ease off. And again, that's. You know, if we had a more crowded uh, fixture list, that'd be another benefit for us. If we don't actually need to play to that full potential for a full ninety minutes to win a game anymore. We can do it in forty-five or sixty minutes. Allow players to ease off. Use the benefit of having the five subs, and you know, give somebody like Callum McGregor a half-hour off every now and again. And, and yeah, like it, it's all just coming together nice and neatly, uh, just when we need it to.
4: One other thing, Kev, before I go back to Lawrence, Lawrence mentioned having a game a week. Uh, we've yeah. gone into the game today, and it looked like we were well rested. Now, this is for me, this is quite a big, a big point to make. Uh, I've seen all the stats about our European endeavours um, and our lack of success in Europe beyond Christmas. I've seen it all, um, and I agree with that. I, you know, I've been critical of the board because I don't think there's a clear vision as to what our European ambitions are. And I don't think there has been for a long time. I mean, what is Celtic's European ambition? I don't know. As a Celtic season ticket holder, we've got people within the Axrom group who are shareholders and they don't even know what the ambition of the club is in Europe. And, you know, it's all about, I think that will come. This season is always going to be too early for Ange think, th- But I do feel that as a football team, we're in safe hands and they will have ambitions for Europe, But we're in a situation where we're, we're out of Europe. So you accept that. And the nearest challengers for the league are still in European competition. And as a Celtic fan, you instantly want Rangers to get beat in every game. I mean, I certainly don't want, to, want them to win because it helps the coefficient. I'm sorry, right? This is football and it's tribalism. And I, want to get them, I wouldn't let them get beat. However, under the circumstances, if they're playing a couple of extra games within a period of time, over a fortnight for example and we're not and we're getting that rest can you see that playing a big part in how fresh we are going into the league games and the fact that we're playing on a Saturday
3: yeah undoubtedly it does Um, you'd I mean you'd far rather be in Rangers position in one respect because you want to be progressing in Europe and that's the thing where the the ambition of the Celtic fan uh, is not matched by the board when it comes to Europe because we actually have ambition to go somewhere I'm not sure the board does but in terms of winning the league, um, it puts us in a stronger position the further Rangers go in Europe, for sure, because, as you see, we get that that week off, midweek off. We've got a week in between games now. It's a week on the training pitch. It's a week to rest the legs, do whatever they need to do to prepare properly for the game. The Rangers are playing two games a week. We're going to play catch-up every weekend as well if we're playing Saturday and they're playing Sunday. So if we can just, focus on our job win our games psychologically that puts the, the onus on them every single week so it, this this can only play in our favour at the moment
4: We speak about margins Lawrence and one of the things that Colin Watt and I spoke about on an earlier broadcast this year was the amount of players we have that we loan out all over Europe and, and, and further af- afield I mean we obviously bought players and loaned them straight to the States and we're talking about strengthening other teams in the league um, who might do damage to your challengers but would never do damage to Celtic because they can't play against us. And one of the recent examples was Liam Shaw Motherwell who played particularly well at Ibrox in the 2-2 game. So I'm, I'm coming from the angle of margins and the fact that if Rangers get through the next round and they get into the semi-final, they've gone through a process of playing six extra games um, at the, the most vital time of the season now as a Celtic fan Lawrence whose your main focus is Celtic nothing else I get that you don't want Rangers to win and that's not what I'm saying what what I am saying though is I'll take the advantage if they do continue on this run and I'll take it gladly
5: yeah l- l- let's be honest I hope they get good mate but 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 be <laughs> some deal they've done with the devil when they do get through uh, yeah, you, you, you've you got to look for the silver lining in in that crowd and, and pray for Europe and what's going to happen to their cities. But, yeah, you know, it, it's an advantage you've got to take because it's it, it's the only thing you could take out of it, isn't
4: it? It is, mate. And I think you, in a nutshell, without any name dropping or anything, i have basically said what I'm trying to say here. Right, let, let's take something from it. Uh, but, yeah, really, we wouldn't let me get curbed. Paddy, mm-hmm. there was more silkiness on the pitch today than in Liberace's wardrobe. Mel, I would agree with that. Um and I think there's some great points coming through, so keep them coming. Donny Boy sixty-seven, welcome back. You're watching on uh YouTube. That's an interesting avatar. I like that one. Slowing the game down after a four nothing lead is called seeing the game out and conserving or preserving energy for the next game. I think Beaton knows how to slow the game down and see it out. No complaints from me. Absolutely. I think it's a good point from Donny Boy Um Mate, Patrick. Yes.
5: And no injuries. Uh, well, you know, after getting a four-nil, maybe that that played a part of it because the, the ref was still letting the tackles go, wasn't he? You know, mm. he was playing advantage when we were ten yards further back with the ball. Yeah. There, there's no advantage there, ref. We'll just get a guy that's been taken out of
4: play. It was it's- a poor referee's performance. There's no doubt about that, Lawrence. Um, Patrick James Simpson, uh, Yakimakis' hat trick, Maeda constant running, Joe Hart with nothing to do. Excellent team performance. The sun was also shining. As well, and it looked as though uh, most of the fans were having a a good time. And Joe Fulham comes in to say, listen, it's another step. And it is. It's one step closer to something that very few Celtic fans believed was going to happen. I mean, let's be honest. Kevin Graham was um, very much of the view that if we were still in it by the turn of the year, we couldn't ask for much more of that. And I think we've gone a stage kind of further than that. Um, Now... The the Yakimakis hat-trick was brought up Let's have a wee chat about that Today the man of the match was Yakimakis I thought it was a brilliant team performance, Kevin But let's have a wee chat about Yakimakis And his Celtic journey Because he's had ups and downs Now he's hit two um, hat-tricks Back-to-back games at Celtic Park Scored a couple of goals against Dundee United on Monday night Keeping us in the cup I threw out the, the, the poser who was the last Celtic player to score back-to-back hat tricks at Celtic Park? I think it was Dembele. Someone might be able to prove me otherwise. Um, where are we with Yakimakis? Are you quite happy with the way he is developing into a Celtic striker, Kevin?
3: I am, and I think he's he's um, he's developing now, improving himself now to be you know, the striker that we've missed for the last I don't know, decade or so, I suppose. That, just that penalty box striker, the, uh, all of his goals have come pretty much within uh, a nine-yard range of the goal. He's he's um he's he's just been very clinical now. I was actually thinking back during the second half and during one of the quieter bits, thinking uh, at the the last Glasgow derby game, my comment at halftime was that Jack Amakis was the one disappointment in the in the game because he hadn't scored. And ever since then, he's kind of just been proving me wrong in that respect. That he's uh, he stepped up his performances in every game. He's he's a handful. Up front, he's, his movement has like, either, either improved or he's got used to how we play. Um, and he's uh, like his runs off the ball are just now top-notch. And he's always there just to, to get something on, on the end of a cross to score. Like His goals against Undy United in midweek were not pretty, but they went in and they count the same as, as any other goal. And that's what I'm saying at half-time. That I want my strikers to be scoring those really ugly goals because they're the ones that really matter. Um, and big like Jackie Macchies, he's now proven himself to be to be worthy of being the number one just now. And I think when, when um, Kyogo's actually fully fit and back, he's going to have to put in some shift to get back in the starting eleven, which is uh, quite a statement to make when you think it's just not so long ago. you know, We couldn't think of a team without Kyogo in it.
4: I know. I, completely different players, but I, I totally get that. I think once you've got the jersey, Kevin, you yeah. keep it. Until such times as your own form drops or there's an injury or a suspension, there's an opportunity for the the other guy, Kyogo, to come back in. Um, Before the game, I'm I'm not sure if it was mentioned on the actual broadcast, but Lawrence was saying to me about the the form of Jota. And we looked at Jota today and he starts off at the right, he's causing havoc down the left. A brilliant performance, I felt, Lawrence. You were a wee bit concerned about his um, form since he came back from his injury. Are you a wee bit happier after seeing that uh, performance today?
5: Yeah, it was a decent performance today, but uh, I think it was probably, I think it was off where we were saying, I have said you know, up to the, the break, until, you know, he was away getting, Ports going getting his treatment, uh, I'd have said, you know, sign him definitely. Since Christmas, I'm not too sure we'd be signing him for £7 million for the performances he's put in. Today was a better performance, probably is one of the better performances this year. Uh, but, yeah, hopefully he can build on it and start finding the kind of form he was in before Christmas.
4: Well, today was a good start, and it's the right time of the season for him to find that form. Liam Colo, you are commenting on YouTube. Great to see you, Liam. Do we think this will be a Martin O'Neill first season-esque season? Um, I've seen some comparisons between the job that Martin O'Neill had on his hands when he came in. Um, am I right in saying it was a 21-point, turnaround. around, yeah. Rangers won the league by twenty-one points. Martin O'Neill comes in. It was a disastrous season. Let's let's think back to that.
5: The interesting but, thing about Liam, uh, you know, junior referee, uh, he is a referee, Liam. So, but uh, we, we've got some of the Celtic persuasion. Just, yeah, uh, just how high it will be allowed to rise will be uh, be interesting.
4: And yeah, it will be, and you can tell us uh, your thoughts on that or not, Liam, in relation to today's performance. So Martin O'Neill comes in. Dreadful season, uh, the season before O'Neill comes in. uh, The whole Dalglish and Barnes uh, situation. We won a cup. We won the league cup. We beat Aberdeen, didn't we? 2-1. And um, O'Neill done what he done. And I think that um, the one point I would make at at this stage is, uh, and a big shout out to Stevie Mullen who pointed this out the last time it was raised, Martin O'Neill was up against a right good Rangers side. He really was, and that's not to be disparaging to this Rangers side. They're the champions. You've got to respect that. O'Neill always did, but I think that the, the big difference is O'Neill was up against a really strong Rangers side, uh, who were spending serious money at that stage, Kev. But it will feel like a massive turnaround, you know, of epic proportions. Should Ante Pocoglou win this, and if, if a manager comes in and wins a treble in his first season. You know, then we start getting the stats out. Who's done that? Martin O'Neill's done it. Brendan Rogers has done it. And I think that's it for Celtic. I don't think anyone's ever done it above O'Neill and Brendan Rogers. So he would be joining that kind of level at who, you know, those two guys, despite the way it ended with Brendan Rogers, they're revered in the history books for what they did. But you need to remember, when O'Neill won a treble, it was a rare thing. It was, 69, was it? Yep. The, the, the last time we did it? Yep. So it's, trebles aren't so rare for us now. Mm-hmm. They're not, yeah, I'm not saying they're any easier to get, Lawrence, but you're spot on. But he, he will be joining that illustrious club, Kevin, and that's huge, and I'm maybe getting a wee bit ahead of myself, but I am looking towards the what-if scenario, and that's where Ange will be, and I think he'll be worthy of that company.
3: Yeah, he would be. I don't want to get too carried away either and start talking about trebles at this stage because there's a lot of football to go. But if he did manage to do it, it would be... I think it would be a, a bigger achievement than um, then O'Neill's. I get the point um, kind of that Lawrence makes that we've maybe now got a bit of a, a culture of winning trebles that we didn't have when O'Neill came in. But O'Neill inherited a strong team and he was given a lot of money as well to go and challenge Rangers at that time. Andrew's come in to a team that's that's been decimated, that had to be rebuilt from the ground up. He's had very little in the way of, of real support in the backroom team, I suppose, in that it's not his his own men. And he's having to bring in a lot of the, you know, the the sports science guys to fill spaces that should have been filled years before. Um, so for me, if, if he's able to pull a treble out this season, I think that would be... The, the the biggest treble that we'll have won in our history apart from the one in 67 <laughs> that was Stav. a quintuple in 67 that's right was, uh, is, is that including
5: the uh, is it quiz ball as well no Glasgow Cup quiz ball yeah the quiz ball the I think was, was yeah that, that was that
4: the 6th well. uh, Martin O'Neill also spent massive money he did Paul and I think that what he did is he basically traded in the market that he knew you know, which was a very expensive market, which was the top division in England. And Andrew's done likewise, but it's a market that was a wee bit untapped by European clubs, I think.
5: And Neil um, didn't have to th- th- wait for transfer windows to open either, didn't he? Correct. Remember, it was like yeah. November before we eventually got Lenny from Leicester? Was It no- It was November, he wasn't it? It took a November. long time to get yeah. Lenny in. Because yeah. I think we got Ewes, we got Valharan in quickly, we got Sutton in quickly, but yeah, it t- t- taken a while to get Lenny in.
4: Yeah, Strachan's laptop, get Stevie Mullen back. Stevie is always here, Strachan's laptop, he's always here. Um, He's always here giving us advice. Um, Back in the good old days when he used to appear on a Thursday and then it was all shut down with lockdown. That was the only reason that uh, that stopped happening because Stevie will be the first to admit he doesn't like tech and that was the biggest issue back then. Uh, Chris Fraser, we're going to leave you with a last comment today. Totally scintillating. And you're talking about the performance, Chris, yeah Um, YouTube is where you're commenting So please, if you are watching on YouTube Then make sure you subscribe Because we are building the channel up uh, rapidly We've got a lot of video content coming your way As I said before 70 fully produced uh, video features in the diary Which results in trips all over the place And uh, we might even come over and see you at some point, Kevin That would be a good video feature
3: Oh, you'd be most welcome I'll be on my holidays back in Scotland that week though Oh, cheers,
4: mate. <laughs> um, thanks, everybody, for getting involved in the comments. It's been a good day uh, for Celtic, a good day for Ange Postacoglu's men. And all that's left for me to say is once again Lawrence Connolly and Kevin McCluskey, thank you for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. <laughs>